The kakadu plum is an Australian native superfood containing 100 times more vitamin C than oranges. So why have you never heard of it? PR. No one's drinking a kakadu smoothie? I'm JB Smooth, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a giggillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit att.com slash hypergig for details. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbionica is your solution to great-tasting, all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or toxins. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbionica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbionica.com. C-Y-M-B-I-O. TIKA.com. You never want to find yourself out on the water fishing without the essentials. So it's best to always pack a Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie to protect against the sun. I mean, it provides great protection and it's really breathable so you don't get hot. That's a win win. Columbia PFG has a lot of great gear. So before you head out on the water, head over to Columbia.com slash PFG to shop their performance fishing gear. Mike, you know what this game that we're going to talk about today really made me start to think about? What is my favorite genre of film story? Oh, yeah, that makes more sense. (laughs) I was doing a wolf thing. A werewolf thing? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. What's your favorite genre? Is it noir, sir? I think it is. I think it Uh, is. (laughs) I think it is, you know, because uh, I, I really... Like this, this game, and also, frankly, just every noir story that's adapted, uh, in some way beyond the noirs we're used to seeing, in or like even the 40s hybrid and stuff. noirs, like Disco Elysium, yeah. I think got through to you because it. it's noir. I don't know that that's other right. point and clicks will necessarily get through to this old bear. Yeah, but I, I there's just something about this genre that I, uh, I think it has like a kind of eternal appeal for me. Uh, like even Big Lebowski, right? Like a great comedy, great noir. but also. Really good noir film. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so I might be biased this time, Mike. Okay. I'm a little worried I'm biased just because I, oh, no. I love noir so you've much. I've never been biased on the show before. <laughs> I've been, I've been such an objective <laughs> yeah. objective reviewer just <laughs> this whole time. This yeah, game exactly. had levels. It was navigable. <laughs> Only neutral statements about the game. Uh, That's right. Can I also answer? Oh, please. I want you to. My favorite genre... I think noir is a subgenre, right? It's within the drama or. Well, dramas, 
No, uh, yes, in the sense Where that Where do you yes, call the line, right? Because the thing I'm going to say, yeah. I guess people will say, is a subgenre, not a genre. But, like, so is Western a genre? I get, what are genre? Was, what's the genre level? Western, good action, question. thriller, but then is, but if you go drama, comedy, is that too broad? Now we're just talking. It's very bland. They get really bland. And also, I think things like Netflix and uh, most of the streaming platforms are kind of obliterating the traditional yeah. genres in a good way. Uh, so, like, I would say just, you know, a film with a set of tropes and a tone is a genre. Okay. Then the one I you like know? that I think is really underrepresented is stuff like Marty. Uh, with Ernest Borgnine or Inside uh-huh. Lewin Davis, the more recent example. Stuff yep. about how most people on the face of the earth will live unremarkable lives and not achieve their dreams. I think that's an important message we don't get enough, and I'm fascinated with it every time it crops up. Those, do those see now, I, you, you mentioned two movies I haven't seen, but I know what they are. Mm-hmm. Are those like rite of passage movies? Are they, like, are they kind of a, like a coming of age, but with an issue? I, I think how... it's the issue is acceptance that you get what you get. Yes. You don't get what you yes. thought you'd get. And that's and I find we get that rarely because so many of the people who make it to the stage and spotlight to the point where they're telling these stories with a lot of money behind them and they reach our eyes and ears, their dreams did come true. So they tell exactly. the story of how if you work hard, your dreams will come true, which is totally a right. valid experience. But there's also an interesting experience that a lot of people have where you either never coalesce into a particular dream. Like, you know, I know people who never ha- would say, I never really had a calling. I just work and oh, yeah. enjoy life. And yeah. I don't know, man. And I'm like, that's good too. You know, regular Absolutely. folks. Uh, True Stories is another movie that's like, a, I think, a shrine to ordinary people. Ironically, ordinary people is not. But uh, yeah, I oh, like really? that subgenre. I, I, think, I think ordinary people kind of is. Uh, anyway, we could talk about this. Is not a movie podcast, it, sure even it though is. movies. It is kind from time of for this episode because we're covering yeah, yeah. <laughs> a Telltale game, uh, That's right. Wolf Among Us, based on the yes. Fables comics, uh, which are mm-hmm. also excellent. But we'll just be covering the game. This is one upsmanship. That's that, right, you pieces of ship, which I said I would call them. <laughs> promise someone, and they you, always appreciate you filthy pieces of ship. Welcome, shipheads. Yeah, that's Welcome. Adam Ganser. I'm Michael that's Swaim. Me. That's him. And it's a wolf among us. Uh, it yeah. is. This is a great game. It came out uh, a while ago. There's a, there's a sequel promised. Uh, but uh, if, you haven't, if you haven't played this game, this Telltale game, I strongly recommend, uh, and you're interested in it, mm. I strongly recommend you play it before you listen to this episode, because we'll be spoiling oh, stuff. Oh, yeah, and it's so story forward that that's why yeah. I said we kind of are covering a movie. I, I yeah. anticipate after we get through the mechanics, which are there and important and innovative and important to discuss, but simple, we will be talking more explicitly than usual about the story because it is a story of a game. That's what it is. You know, it's a presentation That's right. of story beats. Yeah, it's, it's the closest to the choose your own adventure format, which is sort of what Telltale became known for before they shuttered up. Uh, so Mike, should we pass our first checkpoint and uh, get into Tell Me Like I'm 8-Bit? What do you think? Sure. Uh, I'm just reading the end of Ordinary People. Beth is unresponsive after her suicide attempt, leading Calvin to emotionally confront her one last time. Oh, see, now that's, you spoiled the movie, and I we're did. sorry. If, okay, moving uh, on. Great movie, we'll though, guys. That. Hey, seriously, yeah. Ordinary, well, no, I don't, you don't think you have to cut it. Uh, <laughs> ordinary People, it's, you've had 40 years. That's I mean, like, true. it'll be fun. It's Robert Redford's but, directorial debut, and he's yes. dead now. <laughs> so <laughs> he's there you not go. dead. Didn't he? <laughs> oh, Paul no. Newman. I always mix him up with Paul Newman. 
I love it. I How love old so is Robert no, Redford? He's hanging on 86, so you're not wrong for thinking it's possible. Okay. Yeah, he, he's definitely. He's yeah, six. it's a really you knew that off the top movie. of your head. <laughs> I did. Uh, it's he, it has Mary Tyler Moore in it, who also I believe has passed away, and she's awesome in that movie. Uh, anyway, moving on to uh, tell me like I made it. <laughs> yeah, tell me like I made it, <laughs> where we don't explain the plot of the forty-year-old Robert Redford film, Ordinary People, but we do Correct. pass a checkpoint, which yep. in this case means we made a decision that will alter not only our life but the lives of those around us, and we got a in fun little. A fun little uh, stat spit out telling us how weird that choice was or how common <laughs> yeah. it was. Um, Who else and, ruined yeah. their community's lives? You did. That's 70%. right. 70%. Who else chose to do the bad thing? Almost everyone. <laughs> hey, humanity, nice. huh? Nice. Um, so yeah. this is where we explain the game. If if you've been missing all these brilliant references and in-jokes and don't know what we're talking about, have never approached a Telltale game Uh this hey, this bud's for you. So, do you want to take right. it, Adam? You want to explain? Yeah, I'll take it. Telltale and sure. Wolf, go for it. You bet. Yeah. So, uh, the Wolf Among Us is uh, one of the earlier Telltale games. Uh, came in, it came on the heels of the uh, Walking Dead Telltale game, which we have covered the first season. There were several subsequent seasons to that. It was released in 2013 and 2014. Basically, um, it's the way it's described on Wikipedia tells you how hard this is to categorize. But you're essentially playing an interactive comic, uh, which is to say you're watching a graphic mystery drama. You make key dialogue choices and also key action choices. But uh, most of the game is watching a scripted uh, story play out that you influence with key uh, inter interludes. Um, it's based on the Fables comic book series. I got to assume most of you probably know what that is. But if you don't, I'm just going to give a very brief summary of it. Fables is uh, the story of all the old nursery rhyme characters that you remember from childhood and from a lot of Disney movies and stuff, but uh, not Disney movies per se, but the the stories they're they're taking from. Uh, imagine if all those people made it out of their fantasy world into New York City in the 1980s and had to form a kind of fledgling community and uh, figure out how to still be magical people with the powers they had in their fantasy world, <laughs> but survive in New York uh, with their new lives. And this story, Wolf Among Us, is a noir story in which some of these fables are being murdered uh, for reasons we don't understand, and their fledgling government is struggling to address it properly and deal with the needs of the citizens uh, because there is a little bit of classism going on in the government, it turns out. Um, you play the character of Big Bad Wolf, who's called Big B, um, he is in human form because uh, one of the plot points of this story, of this franchise, frankly, is that uh, all the people have to be glamoured to look like normal people so that they can pass as regular humans in New York City. Um, so Big Bad Wolf is sort of a, an old school 80s looking rough and tumble type who's become a detective, uh, who's the sheriff basically of this little town, and is uh, at war with the wolf part of him. Um, and the part of him that's now moral, that has changed from being the big bad wolf, a theme that gets explored throughout. And uh, you're essentially tracking down wh why are we finding the severed heads of, uh, of uh, sex workers? And uh, what does that mean? And, and sort of what is, who is the person who is perpetrating that trade? And it uncovers a sort of larger conspiracy about the town. And that is, I think that's a good summary. 
Did I miss anything, Mike? I maybe I zoned out because I was reading the middle part of Ordinary People, but uh, <laughs> you, did you? I feel like you didn't mention the mechanics in depth, other than to say they're similar to The Last of Us, right? No, they're similar to uh, the. I Walking mean, sorry, Dead, The Walking Telltale. Dead. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're they're scared, yeah they are though. basically identical. Uh, I think it's that ordinary people. Paul Newman's just... alive. Robert Redford's yeah. dead. The Last <laughs> of Us is The Walking Dead. Um, yeah, but that you walk around, you solve simple puzzles by it's mm-hmm. it's kind of a point and click, but without pointing and clicking because there's no cursor. Right. Um, pick stuff up, combine stuff with other stuff, make dialogue tree decisions, and then decide the big moral thing after you're done. Yeah, the big choices. Which does fit surprisingly right. well with noir, right? Because that's what you do. You investigate, you it does. gather the shit, and then you decide what to do. Um, but we'll Correct. get into stunning revelations like that and more in the next segment as we move into our gamer rants. Yeah. I, if I'm doing the math right, I'm the Robert that's Redford you. now. <laughs> By which I mean I'm alive and I have opinions yeah. on this game. Um, Great. And Telltale generally. Well, my first opinion, player one plugging in, gamer rant begin. My first uh, opinion is that if you haven't, if you're at all intrigued, I mean, Adam said, stop down and play the game. I'd go a step further. Stop down and read the comic books. Have you read these comics? Yeah, they're great. Yeah, Yeah, I love them. Bill Willingham deserves a shout out. Fables. Um, You know, there's this thing called public domain. And boy, howdy. A lot of storytellers sure try to bank off it because people like familiar characters and stories. And how can you get in on that racket? And, you know, you get stuff like Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey, which we recently got a movie where Winnie the Pooh and Piglet go and murder people. It just like sh- I'm saying, schlock to cash in on public domain shit. And then you got fables, people who take legitimately like, you know, cornerstone stories and turn them into this fabulous new uh, just through a new lens. And it is very much like I don't think it's not a reinvention to the degree that this trick's never been done because it's very much like the MCU in a way. Right. Like each fable sort of has not necessarily powers that are totally analogous to superpowers, but they do each have their thing. And there's something fun about a collection of iconic things. And you can't get much more iconic than the fables that have all been amalgamated and passed down through the centuries. So it's immediately grabby. Um, Noir fables. I was immediately intrigued. The comic turned out to be great. So I knew I was going to like the game. I already liked the walking dead games and I don't give a shit as much about those comics or the idea of Mm -hmm. zombies generally. Um, and I will say, just as my, because the rants where we sort of share our, our emotional initial opinion, uh, I loved it. Or I remember my first playing, I think it's my favorite. And, and that's tough because Walking Dead season one, you listen to that episode, it ends with truly one of the most impactful conceptual ways a game has ended for me, um, which is incredible considering that, uh, and we'll get into this too. It's a low it's a medium to low budget right this is not the last of us uh speaking of the walking dead now it's zombies on a budget or at least in a cartoon sort of cell shaded style and it's and it's fully relying on your ability to engage with it on an imagination level and imbibe the story and be interested in the story and i think last of a or i'm sorry walking dead season one ends with and it like a slam dunk in that department and wolf among us um beat by beat Story beat by story beat, there's elements that I think, like, I don't know why I necessarily have to compare Telltale versus Telltale, but I was for whatever reason. And uh, I think The Wolf Among Us comes out ahead as my favorite Telltale thing there is. And I think every Telltale game is a proof of concept that this company should persist in this type of 
this genre should persist, and I think they're masters of it, and it's pretty damn interesting to me. But if you've listened to the show a lot, you know I'm heavily story first. So I'm very interested to hear Adam's rant because a um, lot of story first games are able to grab me. And this is no exception. I think The Wolf Among Us is great. Um, this time, digging through it with a more critical eye, I have a lot of interesting thoughts about where I think this genre could and should go next. If there's enough interest to propel it in those directions, because that's another thing. I know I'm in a minority because Telltale games always struggle to find an audience. Like they don't sell like gangbusters or nothing. So um, I love it. I think it's great. Um, Having played it now for the third time, I have some gripes with the story. But here's what's exciting, y'all. They're the gripes. They're on the level of gripes that I would have with a season of TV that's good. So like my gripes are like, well, I didn't necessarily buy this late act three turn from this character because we've come to know them so well. And I feel like they wouldn't do that. Um, Usually my gripes with video game stories are like, that makes no sense. That doesn't mean anything. So like this is they're still operating at a very high level. But I am also equally interested in getting into the nitty gritty because I think this genre actually has a lot of room to grow if it wants. I think I think Wolf Among Us is great, but I think we can do better. And that's my rant. Great rant. Uh, player two, Adam Ganser plugging in. Mm-hmm. I agree with a lot of what you said there, actually. Uh, I think that this is definitely my favorite telltale. Um, I'm not sure it's the best though. I like I I really go back and think about Walking Dead season one sometimes, uh, and I think the fundamental thing that would that makes this genre exciting is the idea that you're really there are many possible outcomes, and that uh or that you have decisions that are really emotionally impactful that you're being forced to make essentially at gunpoint because of the timing thing, and uh, I would say this game doesn't have that in the same way that the walking dead one does the walking dead first season uh felt a lot more like the stakes felt higher with the choices you make than they do in this game that said everything else about this game is just better uh i think the story is more interesting i think the characters are more interesting i think the dilemmas that they're getting into are more interesting um i i got really interested this time which was my third time as well in uh the sort of the outcast culture here in this world. Like I got really interested in what happens with Grendel and Holly and uh, to a lesser degree, uh, even Georgie, you know, like uh, some Mm -hmm. of these characters who are sort of, they are a little less well-known fables, which is why they're kind of in a, well, the Jersey devil, it also includes like urban legends, like the Jersey devil. Correct. Which is great. And that of course is the reason that we, the reason that they are living in a sort of this outcast version of this culture is because they're not as well remembered and therefore they don't have the same access to resources, a theme in the story. Um, And so I think both, I love that continuity and that idea. And I also thought that like the moral quandaries that you face as a sheriff about how to be the sheriff, like when to be the bad wolf, when to be the good cop, they mattered in this story. Like they really impacted those characters in particular. Um, I also think like this this thing was going to be a home run no matter what because I think fables is just an awesome idea. Like I love what you said about uh the public domain. I would say fables is the proof that we need public domain to be what it is. Like fables shows the the importance of public domain because it shows there is other ways to make these characters and this storyline interesting in the hands of other artists. 
Like, we have no idea what somebody could do with Mickey Mouse if Mickey Mouse would ever finally mm. fall into public domain. Or, you know, insert your favorite characters here. We don't know. And I think it would be interesting to know. You know, um, I don't think that they're all going to be winners. But, you know, if we get the a Fables version of, you know, the Marvel Universe or whatever, I might really dig that. You know, so that part I think is really cool. I love that they're doing something with that. Um, the noir story is uh, like ultimately this is the story of a, a community learning how to police itself and how to and how to run a town with some dignity uh, in light of the fact that they're not all equal, you know, uh, which is a story that I liked on television when it was Deadwood. And uh, I've liked it in movies when they've made movies about that. So it's a great story. Um, and I all I can say is that uh, I don't know for sure that it is maximizing the it's not maximizing the thing I want in a game, which is uh, catharsis through my choices. But, uh, hey, man, if you just want to play a great story and that's not, you know, and you're willing to overlook that thing, I think it's pretty fucking great. And that is my rant. Bingo, bango. Uh, yeah, I think before we hit the break, just because it'll fly out of my head, I think you're so spot on about. And I think it's part of the natural life cycle of art, right? Is uh. I think you're like, if you're listening to this and wondering, well, who cares what you do with Mickey Mouse or like, what is that? And I would say, well, the importance is once something becomes that iconic and that much of a cultural touchstone for all of us or so many of us all over the world for so long, it's charged with so much power, symbolic, emotional, cultural power that you want to give that to new artists. You want to hand that Excalibur to them and let them run with it versus... No, we own that, and it's always what it is, and it can never grow because it's our money cow, so you just go make something else. And it's like uh, being able to do that with fables, I think, buys you so much backstory and immediate emotional connection because you're like, you know the relationship between the woodsman and the big bad wolf. Right, you know exactly. it you know before that you even hear right. the first word of dialogue from them. You're already right. working on like ground that we all own already. Go ahead, and that's sorry. a fun idea. No, no, not at all. You're absolutely right. That's a fun way to do it. There's another way to do it that we've all seen recently. Uh, the movie The Green Knight. So The Green Knight mm. is repurposing a story that is also, by the way, sort of a fable based on Arthur, uh, the Arthurian legends, right? And uh, that story it doesn't have a lot of cultural cachet to us now. Um, other than it's sort of, you know, there's a reference to characters that we have some emotional interest in. Most folks have heard that, of it in passing, but they don't know yeah. the story beats. Yeah. But the fact that an artist can go back and then revisit what that story is and recontextualize it for us to put it in, to to see those cultures in new terms, uh, I think you can see the value of that way of doing public domain, too. Um, so, you know, and I can't get into Sir Gowan and the Green Knight in some <laughs> detail here. I would yeah. if I could, but I think that's just another way. There's so many ways the public domain can create great stories. Uh, you know, anyway, we could spend all day on that. Let's not do that. How about instead we, uh, we, we finish chapter one of this story, find out whether 80% or less of our listeners agreed with us <laughs> and get, uh, get some commercials under our belt. And when we come back, we'll start chapter two. What do you think? Turn the page. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, 
Snagajob is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbionica is your solution to great-tasting, all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or toxins. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbionica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbionica.com. C-Y-M-B-I-O. TIKA.com. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. It's spring, and with the weather changing and so many great things coming up, like Mother's Day and the wind down tour, I definitely need a fresh spring wardrobe for every occasion. This spring, I'm looking for that perfect, flowy spring dress for Mother's Day, as well as replacing my everyday basics. That's what I love about JCPenney. They have so many stylish and comfortable options that I always find just what I'm looking for there. Spring is a feel good season and comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. The fashion at JCPenney is the same way. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with styles that gets you, something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her, each in women's petite and plus sizes, and Stafford and Mutual Weave for him, style and comfort for all, even big and tall, plus even more for the whole family like Levi's and Exertion. Here, spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count. Ah, always good to come back after Bob Seger reference. <laughs> you mm, love good. you love that 70s rock dude like like i don't think people know how much you love it like i i didn't know how oh, much i you don't love, love until... bob seeger for the record i do not love bob seeger but don't you put but that for the record me. okay fair uh-huh. enough but for the record swain loves loves that old garage rock and stuff like we took a little road trip together to record a one-upsmanship mm. as i recall Mm. And you uh, you brought up like all these old rock bands. I was like, bro, I had no idea oh, you sure. listened to all this stuff. You know, it's just warm my heart. And I love that it Zappa comes out of you sometimes. All that stuff. All right. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I do want to harken back to before the break, something about the story that I think we were dancing around, which is that um, yeah. I think it's objectively the best telltale. I think there's lines in it where you're like, well, that's well written. That's well written. I don't know if they lifted that yeah. directly from the comic, but that's very good. Um but there is a lack of emotional catharsis, not a lack. There's some of it, but there's something yeah. about the fact that there are, that they are magical creatures versus 
in The Walking Dead, they are recognizable humans dying. That is just emotionally more primal. Like when, you know, in this, when there were the major emotional payoff turns, I never got the full amount of catharsis I got from The Walking Dead, but I really think it boils down to, well, that's a story where you're invited to imagine getting eaten alive. Right. It's just, it, it just is more primally impactful than thinking about what if an immortal wolf uh, fought a woman who could manifest through shards of mirror and it's like that's interesting it's not primally true it's but it's cool um, i i agree yeah. so i this brings so i think my biggest observation i wanted to make and i think it it's germane here is like what's the hook of this versus the hook of walking dead and i think you just sort of circled it like the hook of walking dead is that decisions are life or death and mm-hmm. that when you make a decision, somebody's probably going to die because of it later on in ways you can't predict. And they keep doing that, right? Right. The hook of this game is not so much how your choices impact the community. That's really more the narrative device of it. Mm-hmm. The hook of it is seeing how they, how they repurpose fables who you have expectations and memories of into this story. Like the, the way it's actually adapted. Seeing, oh, what is the Mr. Toad up to? Oh, that's yes. how they're handling that's who Mr. He Toad. Is here. Interesting. Yes. Yeah. Like I think, and there was a couple really key characters that, if you don't mind, I just want to go through and show how they undermine yeah. our expectations. They all do, by the way. But but okay, so here's a few that I think really took off for me. Um, Ichabod Crane in this story is really well adapted because he's not a character we loved. Right, but he's you know he's sort of a reluctant. Well, sca- he's a cowardly famous coward, hero. but right. in this, but now he's a very specific kind of coward now. Yes, which is who becomes yeah. a sexual deviant, and so they use our expectations and then run with it in a way that's mm-hmm. like, oh, of course, you know, and it feels very satisfying to see how well they understood both the narrative and also that character, um, Snow White. I think also who is a huge part of fables in general she's like the in some ways the main character her and bigby snow white has a great sort of subtle like slow burn role in this story and that is that she has to sort of step out from being second fiddle and actually take control of the government and is i think she's still sort of shaking off people's perception of her a thing that she's used to dealing with because she was always snow white you know, like right. she's used to being goody two shoes. She feels like she has to walk the line of being goody two shoes. And yet she has to get her hands dirty in this story because that's what a noir story is. And I think it's really well realized in this way. Um, mm-hmm. And the last one I want to mention, we could go through literally every character. But I think my favorite, though, is the Little Mermaid, uh, Narissa the Little Mermaid. Now, most of us, when we think Little Mermaid, we have Ariel in our brain. Uh, and think, you know, like, oh, yeah, I know exactly who that is. So they kind of throw that out. But I think they also do know that we think The Little Mermaid is a happier t- tale than it is. You know, the actual well, she gives one, up the original her voice, ones. so they are still yeah. playing off the Disney Correct. version of Little Mermaid. They know yeah. the Disney version. And the cool thing about this is she, like, this is a world where everything is bad for her. Like, she's, you know, she is a sex worker. Uh, she's, her life is in danger. She's not allowed to, to admit to what's going on because of a magic curse to uh, the sheriff, and she plays sort of a key underhanded role that's awesome. And I don't want to spoil everything. Um, But I just think, again, all three of those are great examples of they knew what we thought it was going to be and played against it, and that's why we love it so much. Right? I mean, is that how you feel about it? Well, yeah, I'm compelled to mention, too. uh, Please. Grendel, who is... 
yep. traditionally the unstoppable killing ma- machine that Beowulf has to tackle. Mm-hmm. Sometimes literally a dragon, um, but often, or at least I was taught in English class growing up, um, that it's not spe- that it's just some kind of mo- unthinkable monster. I thought they really did a good job, A, on the design of Grendel, which the comic, of course, alley-ooped, but Grendel looks cool. But also that Grendel is like this streetwise, pretty pipsqueak-looking... Hard case. Uh, He's a hard, hard case, case gutter punk, yeah. but who's extremely loyal to the other people in the gutter. Yeah, and that's really cool to me. It and then I really, I don't mean like because I this I'm gonna ask at the end of this blurb, but I think it's interesting when they take a fable, and really we should I should keep mentioning Bill Willingham takes a fable right. like uh, Georgie Porgy, where it's literally just a spinoff of that is a nonsense rhyme. Someone just slammed words together that rhyme. But he took the line, he latched onto the line, kiss the girls and make them cry, and was like, this guy is a fucking evil, exploitative strip, uh, you know, uh, like, a, a, what do you call it? I never go to them. Strip joint? Strip joint owner. Yeah, strip club. Yeah. <laughs> strip club owner. And that's so perfect to me that that just spun off of, well, Joe, what is the only thing we know about him? He kisses the girls and makes them cry. And now he's like so perfect for a noir. He's the asshole guy who runs a strip club who's just an unremittent piece of shit. Won't ever yes, cooperate. Um, and I also wanted to mention that much like uh, Terry Pratchett's Discworld, what's another great thing Fables does if you read the comic series is it's a noir because Bigby is the main character. Does that make sense? That, yes, it can operate in any genre, which is super dope. Like there's other ones where you visit the farm and it's like an it's a more upbeat action adventure because of the characters involved. So like this one very particularly is a noir because it's Bigby and because we're following Bigby around. Um, so my question was, mm, and I think this is a good observation to probably a huge chunk of conversation about our decisions because that's sure. also what's fun about these games, right? Is comparing your decisions. I wanted right. to ask where you were on the bad cop, good cop axis, and specifically about Georgie. Yep. Did you kill the fuck out of Georgie? Because I yeah. killed the fuck out this of This time I did. I didn't yeah. the first couple of times. I, for whatever reason, fuck that I think fucking slaver. Like that's he's a bad he dude. Is. He's a he's, he's a, really a sex trafficker. Dude. He's a yeah. monster. Yeah. He's a bad dude. Uh <laughs> and also he's like the way that the plot lays out, he very clearly expected to get away with it. Yeah. Uh because of like political protection, which makes him worse. You know what I mean? Uh, like he's as bad as it gets here, and yet I think that they were smart for picking a mem- a nursery rhyme we all kind of remember to be that character because uh I because I think it you don't you don't rush to kill him when you feel like you know exactly who he is, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like some of these people, like I feel like Grendel's a little bit more of an obscure reference, even though Beowulf is obviously very significant. Like he didn't Im- immediately trigger like oh yeah from Beowulf, whereas Georgie Porgy, I think I know who that is. And it was like, so I was less willing to just like kill him right away, right? So I did a few playthroughs where I didn't. Um, this yeah. time, though, I was like, you know what, man? Nah. And in answer to your other question, was I evil or good? I try to, after I've played the game once, do a bad boy run. Um, because <laughs> the game is clearly, all these games are designed to give you a bad boy run that's supposed to be satisfying. Um, right. So I tried to be it, but like, I didn't like it. Um, and more than that, it just became really clear how much you're oppressing that community that's Grendel and Holly and uh and uh right, because the Jersey the core, Devil and you know 
It's not good. As Adam said, the core question before the community is, well, we're not like the normal humans. They haven't an established, I mean, it sucks, but they haven't an, an established legal system. Cops do this, judges do this, blah, blah, blah. We have a magic well we can throw into people that dissolves their soul. Like, what is justice to us? What is fair? What is unfair? And then they layer onto that, which I do think you need that layer of complication to make it a solid noir. And they know that. They layer onto that. Yeah, and... The poor fables are treated worse than the rich fables. That's what the right. fuck? How is that justice? And That's so right. the story tries to tackle both at once. What is justice for a horrible crime? But also what is societal equality? And the fables are trying to build this from scratch in a new alien world. Um, those are great. And classic noir. There's Chinatown shit in here, too. It, it, it knows what it's about. Um, Absolutely. I, and it does I, it all yeah. well, I would say. Like, it does it, all those pieces well. You know? I agree on the story level, but I did want to talk about, so like, um, I was bad, kind of bad. I was conflicted on my first run. I was conflicted. Bigby, who was very, I would say, um, that's surprising to me. Sometimes that, good, sometimes bad, really un yeah. unpredictable. This time I played as a uh, Bigby who was very quiet. And I, so another thing that I never did the first run was, Choose the silent option because you can choose the silent yep. option. And I got to yep. say, yep. A when I thought of the story more from a I'm helping collaborate to craft this story like a screenwriter would, mm -hmm. I actually loved the silent option because instead of just I used to think of it as abdicating my decision making. And that's not the point of the game. This time I thought of it as, no, I'm choosing for the movie I'm watching to be very written at the top of your intelligence. This can play in subtext. We don't need this line. I'm cutting this line. It's I like going to be silent here. And I loved that. Feeling. I like that so much. Just very brief aside. If mm -hmm. you want to have the funniest telltale experience I've ever had, do only silent option and play the Batman one. Cause boy, <laughs> boy, it gets real funny. <laughs> like yeah, I've yeah, done I that and it's really good. Uh, anyway, no, I do. I think the silent option is more viable in this game. Then, like I don't like in Walking Dead, it feels very sullen, you know, like right. like in combative. But here, it feels more calculated, uh, because the game is more calculated, and so I because he's more a viable detective, here. you feel yeah. like well, he can be thinking shit, um, as a yeah, detective right. might. But I do find, uh, and I don't know. I mean, uh, we can keep praising, talk about whatever you want, obviously. But I'm just gonna turn to say like, mm -hmm. so being that scrupulously good this time. Um, I noticed some little threads, uh, fraying of the threads and seams at the edges only in the sense okay. that like, great, like I was scrupulously good and respectful and very supportive, but not patronizing to snow. And then yep. there's a scene where no matter what you say, it's just, it's not a choice. It's hardwired into the story. She says, well, of course you'd do that. You like it when things go wrong. Right. Uh, it just gives you an excuse to be the big bad wolf again. And I was like, Hey, screenwriter. I've been scrupulously never even approaching turning into the big bad wolf. I've been incredibly law and order by the book. The story should have accommodated that. And I know that that's, that's almost an impossible ask because what I'm getting at is when you have so many lines of dialogue and you have all these different paths, it does feel like after three playthroughs, at least there's it's, you can see the smoke and mirrors and they are really there. The walls are there, right? Like, yeah, it bothered me this time realizing that there's a, for example, a classic decision in this game. Uh, there's a lead at a butcher shop and there's a lead at another play. I forget, like a bank or whatever. 
um, which one do you want to go to? You only have oh, time to go to one. Yeah, they do and that at the end of several chapters. They do this at pick. the end of several chapters. Yeah. It can be two people are running away. It can be two right. objects are, right. you can only get one. But in this, the, case, the example I'm using, right? Uh, you're a detective. You have to use your time wisely. Which place do you go to? And you go to one and you do stuff. And then you realize you do have enough time and you go to the other one. And you, even though the key, like the heat of the moment has passed, like you reach, you, you arrive still get there, everything. At, you still get all the same yeah. information, learn the same things and are funneled to the same place to interact yet again. It, and even much like a TV show, it constantly is reusing locations and sets to save budget. Yeah. And it so is like <laughs> to the point where I'm like, Okay, but the true promise of this genre, wouldn't it be, would be a story where by the end I could have a, an alcoholic Big B who never solves the case, or I could have a by-the-book Big B who's a hero, or I could have Big B disappear and start a new life somewhere else. Like, I know what I'm asking for is impossible, but I want it. I want, I want the You want the actual choose your own adventure. Where the endings are radically different. Yes. L- right, think... where it really matters. So I would say... There are other games that are closer to that than Telltale. Uh, like I would say, the uh, Detroit Become Human is closer to that, and uh, some of those the Until Dawn people. You did uh, Quarry, the, right? The quarry. Yeah, the Quarry. Uh, or like, how quarry, was it in terms of different endings? Were they very? Different? I only played it once. It did oh, seem sure. like you could, like again, they structure those games around how many of your party is going to survive. Uh, like Until Dawn and, and The Quarry, which, you know, maybe we'll cover one of those one day. I don't know. But th- those games are structured around, like, how many people can you keep alive? So mm. in that way, it, there's a lot of variety, right? Uh, but, like, there's no version of it where, like, it never breaks the, breaks the mold the way that you all want it to be. You know, like that because right. they can't, they, you know, they can't, but they're better about delivering that than but this I don't game. See why was. you can't. I feel like if you had the budget, well, you just actually money. could. Yeah. It's, it's just, just more money. time and money and voice yeah. acting. But like this um, like game, Chrono Trigger has wildly sure. different and, sure. you know, and that's 35 years ago or whatever. I mean, cyberpunk also has very dramatically different endings, but yeah. like all the pieces and, but there's a lot more money invested in that, but all the right. main set pieces still are the main set pieces. Like what you really yeah. want is like for the the decision tree to get wildly different, like even in the first act, so that you're like, oh, I had a totally different story than the first story, and that's just not really possible, and not what certainly not Doesn't for this stop game. Doesn't stop me from because it's so yeah. I I'm so yeah. I can imagine it so easily, and I don't mean that there's a thousand endings or any, but I mean like like you said, what if it was, mm, and this is such a what if it was so the amount of content that this game is. What if we had seven times that amount so that when you played right. it, you could be like, oh, man, I'm going to have to play this at least three or four times to see roughly 80 percent of it. That would f- I don't know. I just want that really bad. But well, it's there's not that doesn't knock like. What's this good is about an amazing. This? Right. Yeah. And and I really like this genre of game. I'm just saying. I wish this genre of game was more popular and more funded because I actually think we could take this genre further with more resources. I agree with that. I also think that what you're asking for still fits in what would be a, considered a reasonable 
version of this game. Mm-hmm. Like I think there's some. It's like it should be infinite permutate. Like you know, it's like right. nah, man. That's I not want possible. an open world procedurally right. generated game that's story driven. And it's, it's like, like that's not good really luck. Possible. That'll be bad. Yeah. Uh, do you see No Man's Sky? The story will be like those dinosaurs, bro. So, but like, uh, so that's not possible. But I think what you're asking for is the promise of this genre, and we've never totally done it. Uh, not you know totally because I, mean? like, I we've never really something done it. that's brave about this one is it you're right that almost always the choice the way you know you made a good or bad choice is whether someone in the cast lives or dies I did yeah. like that in this game the good or bad choice was like well here's now the reality that exists because of that choice and you just had to personally decide if you were satisfied or dissatisfied with how things shook out but for the most part other than the ending it was not a death it was like a permutation of the or you lost or gained someone's respect you know like Mostly I like you're playing that for we that. were playing with those stakes yeah yeah um, but I do have to ask this run at least. Sure. What do you think the fables justice system should be? Meaning Ooh, good question. as of course you do, um, by the end of this and we're getting away, we're, we're close closing in on getting to the end of the episode without spoiling too much, which I'm pleased by. So I'm actually going to try to be a little circumspect, but okay. like most noir, you uncover a vast conspiracy. The person right. you first think might've done it, didn't do it. You finally find out who did it. You do get your man. You have the p- guilty person there you've assembled enough evidence there's a trial um narissa even confirms like boom you got him dead to rights red-handed you're in the power position what'd you do did you throw him down the well and burn his soul or did you uh let him go or did you there's like five options well you've asked me two questions and they're so i'm gonna answer them both because i think they're both really good uh i've done everything there is to do to the villain of this story just to see the end just to yeah, see uh sure. i didn't think any of them felt unjust uh other than there's one that feels unjust but it's not unjust to him it's unjust to your character or it I sets a bad I'd... precedent for yeah, fable town correct yeah. <laughs> but not not that it's bad like i i feel like any punishment is reasonable to the character at the end yeah um what should the what should the government be so what you're <laughs> That's a big. You're question. right. Those are two questions, but they're yeah. intertwined. Yeah, they are. Inter- they, well, because that's what they're sort of asking you to decide at the end. Although they came at it in sort of a backwards way. So, like to answer that, I want to actually voice one of my big gripes. I think the character of Bluebeard really displaces the the. He's the blue hairy here. I totally thought he did it. I remember the of first course. run. I was like, but clearly also, he did it. Yeah, he's too powerful. Like he becomes a problem for this narrative, I would, I would say, if you really think about it, um, or like he's and if less... you haven't played his thing, is he has infinite money, right? And so he has infinite influence because everything here is sort of a handshake deal. Like they have no right. constitution, you know what I mean? Like I, it doesn't even mm-hmm. seem like they really have elected office, you know? Like they're kind of like everyone's sort of doing this out of obligation in some way, or because everyone's like, yeah, yeah, fine, you do it. It's just mm-hmm. not clear. Like I didn't, I didn't get the sense there was elections and stuff. Maybe there are, um, and that wouldn't ruin anything I've thought about it so far. He's a little too powerful. I think any system of government needs to eliminate dudes like that from being able to barge in the mayor's office and do whatever they want to do. Because that's kind. He's really not that different than the person that you end up sort of uh, executing whatever punishment you decide is just. Like they're kind of the same. Do you um, buy any level of? The argument the villain makes at the end, which is sort of from A Few Good Men, it's the you want me on that wall speech. Dude, I um, just showed that to my students yesterday. Oh, yeah. Do you and, buy the argument even a little bit 
that he is helping the lower class fables by employing by creating some stability for them through his org- his organization. That can't crime. be <laughs> untrue. That probably isn't untrue. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like like I mean it's definitely from a certain point of view, right? Like it's right. definitely that. But like it's not a set of facts that are complete nonsense. Just like Colonel Jessup and a few good men isn't wrong that we don't want like we need some somebody up to defend the country that we don't want to have to deal with that person. You know, like he's right about that. Uh, That's part of what makes him compelling that he has a point of view. That's like, that's true. And noir is supposed to be gray. Right. And I think they successfully do that. Like Tweedledee and Tweedledum. I feel like they're successfully gray. Mm -hmm. I, I've, mm-hmm. Sometimes I hate them. Sometimes I'm like, I guess they are all right. <laughs> you know, I, I guess I don't know. There's Most a lot of, the characters of people fall like that. in that area. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, th- I think that's the point of it. Uh, I think that's the point of the story ultimately is like sort of stripping off their binary shine and putting them on a spectrum where they all like you have pity for all of them. I have pity for the woodsman who's a, an objective oh, man, son of a bitch. A rough- yeah, but he has a rough life. I mean, yeah, yeah both are true. Yeah, yeah. he does. Uh, he has know, a rough like, life, but you can't do that to people. That's right. <laughs> At the same time. That's right. right. <laughs> you know, like I, I kind of didn't like Toad, even though Toad has every reason to be the way he is. Uh, right. You know, like, yeah. Did like, you let Colin go back? To, did you cut your friend's breaks? That's another uh, question yeah. to ask. Is this time, you, no. Is like you at the end. Toad is legally speaking fucked. The end. Yeah, Toad is he's fucked. fucked. Now. Yeah. You have this pig friend who you kind of really like. He's yeah. like your roommate. Yeah. He's also fucked, but you could just fudge it if you want. You are the sheriff. That's such a great moral quandary to put it's, before someone. It's also perfect because it. you are part of the reason his life is bad because you're the big bad wolf. It would make it up to him. Yes, it would make it up to him. The guilt you have. Right, but it's right. illegal and you just yeah. told Toad he couldn't it's do so it. It's so good. Yeah. It's they a really, really good setup. They really do have like five or six great setups. That's Where you really one of them. feel like, oh, I can't make this decision. <laughs> yeah. I think the Beauty and the Beast setup is really interesting. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, yeah. it's interesting enough that I don't want to say much. Like, it kind of, I think, rightly takes them both down a peg. Uh, yeah. And I think that is good. Um, not because, like, oh, yeah, when, they fi- when you finally interview them in their apartment, that yes. changes your perspective. Yes. That's so Correct. interesting. Yeah. It just rounds them out. Everybody gets rounded out a little bit, which uh, that's my favorite thing about noir stories is like it's a place where in some ways we're being more honest than we are in other genres. Like, yeah, people are a mix of good and evil. Like all mm-hmm. of them are. You know, like all of us yeah. are. That's that's it. That's the deal. And noir doesn't shy away from that. That's what makes it so good. Um yeah, I so yes, I guess I did. I did find it interesting and I think it does speak to something or I don't know if but telling that if you time out, because you have to make decisions in a certain amount of time. I'll just say this. At the end, when you're making the final decision of what should justice be for the guilty party in this case, if you choose the silent option or time out, uh, capital punishment is the default choice. I think that's an interesting yeah. choice by the developers. Yeah. Because that doesn't have to be. But they kind of fudge it in a way that's very classic to movies and shows where it's like, well, the villain lunged at me, so I had to kill him. <laughs> you know what I mean? They play that old trick. But... Um, yeah, I mean, the fact that we can have an interesting conversation about morality to me means the story's operating at the level it needs to operate. Absolutely. At. Like that. I genuinely felt bad about, you know, causing a ruckus at that one funeral. 
that happens. Right. You're like, oh, That's no, so bad. not this now. I'm bringing yeah. my shit into the community. Yeah. Um, you really care about the community, and right. they characterize the community really well. That's right. They, they uh, and they all, again, there's a few other, like, well-placed fables that are there to round out how you feel about stuff. Like, to answer your other question of, like, is this, uh, is the villain of the story helping the community? Like, the best case you can make for that is he's employing Tiny Tim. Right, right. Like Tiny yeah. Tim is a sweet guy. <laughs> well, that's why I mean? Tiny Tim is there. That's yeah, why he's there. You, you know, yeah, yeah. And they, there's just a lot of yeah. It's very smart. Um, it's re- it's really it's well written. It's very smart. Uh, and it's enjoyable. Uh, I I can I just put like one or two little gripes and then maybe we'll take a break. Uh, I have uh, little things and then yeah. That's okay, great. The time go for great. it. Great. So I I think the character of Buffkin is is we spend a lot of time oh, with that's Buffkin. the flying. Flying yes. monkey from the Wizard of Oz. Yeah. Yeah. We spend a lot of time on some of the wrong characters, and he's the best example of that. Um, but there's some others that it's like, I think you, like, you know, I get that you have to write a story, and so we have to get hooked into some stuff we don't care about. Buffkin in particular, and really all those meaningless chore things that are about ultimately getting the one piece of information, but it feels like padding, that stuff is, I think, not good. And every Telltale game has some of it. And uh, I think they shouldn't be afraid of like it being a little shorter to just get on with the story. Like I, I have never played a section of a Telltale game where wandering around the room to get the one clue was the most fun thing I could do. You know, like I always find that frustrating. And all that stuff happens to coincide with time you have to spend interviewing the Magic Mirror and Buffkin. And I found that stuff boring. Did you disagree with that? Um. It's interesting that I love point and click adventure games, but telltale games are trying to be even simpler than that. Like the puzzle solving is not complex. It's almost as if they're self-conscious about the fact that, well, it's still a video game. You got to do something. Yes. That's not. So it feels like a game game. And I would actually argue, I don't, I don't know that you do. You don't need to do you're it. Right. I agree. It feels like a needlessly gamified portion of the thing yes. that slows the story down just so you can be like, well, it's still a game. I picked a thing up and I plugged it into another thing. And it's like, yeah, I don't know. I think just go all in in the sense that like uh, one of the last things I want to mention that we've hardly brought up is how much it's trying to be a TV show. Yeah, there are definitely. procedurally generated previously on Wolf Among Us yeah, yeah, montages yeah, yeah. unique to your playthrough, which I do think is a really cool idea. Um, each chapter, right? Previously, this you did this, remember? And uh, all that stuff is so cool. I know I heard interviews at the time, and I know Telltale's model at some point was, and uh, Sam and Max point and click games that persist to this day do this as well. There was this idea that there could one day be this thing where you could have video games that were like TV shows or like collecting comics, right? Where right. every month one comes out and it's a new chunk of story and it's like a TV series, but it's a video game. I really want that. I think that's really cool. Um, so far, the attempts to do that have sputtered out or in some way been like, all right, we can't do it every month. Or in this case, well, 
our company's out of business. We got five out, but that's it. Right. And I know Telltale still exists, but it was purchased by completely other people. Uh, it's a new company. They are supposedly working on A Wolf Among Us 2, which is very exciting. It was supposed um, to come out in 2018, by the way. Uh, but this is my point, is we had this dream of monthly installments of Fable games, and clearly we're not up to that task. But I do think that's such a cool idea, and the idea of skinning a game as a TV show. And if you are going to do that, Stop worrying about it being a game game. It's not. It's a story thing. I don't care yeah. what it is. It's a visual novel, I suppose. I, or I guess this this team hasn't shown that they are adept at making gamified stuff as fun as it needs to be. The game parts are not good enough game. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. I don't mean yeah, that, like, who am I? I'm not, around. like, judging their capacity. But, like, when somebody, like, Rockstar decides we're going to add more tedium to the game, and gamify things that you didn't used to have to do. Uh, mm. They've proven to me with games like Red Dead 2, they know what they're doing, and they know how to make it interesting and entertaining and create yeah. an experience with that. So far, I haven't seen that in Telltale, even in the best versions of it, which I would include this game yeah. in. Uh, last thing I'll say, I'd sure. also love an addition where there's a many, many dead ends and false stops, which yeah. I bet most people would find frustrating. Yeah. But I wanted to have a lot of decisions where they're like, well, uh, you never solved the case and this, and this was the rest of your life. And I'm like, fuck, right. I gotta start over. Right. Like, I think, but maybe that comes from my history of actually reading Choose Your Own Adventure stories, as you said. Those, but those books were good were for me. <laughs> they had, and a main thing about them is you died constantly, or not just died, but failed. There were lots of dead ends and false starts and shit. And I, I thought that actually added to the feeling that this was, you know, that there's infinite story possibilities. Yeah, I mean, I can see why yeah. a game designer would be afraid of doing that because there would be a percentage of of film, not film, of uh, game players who would be like, "What the fuck, man? I just want to beat the game." You know, what I mean, like, like, and I, I might be that guy. You know, like, I understand, but I think you're right that there is something good about a game over screen in a game like this, mm -hmm. like, which is what that is, like an ending that's basically yeah. the game over screen. Because it makes the stakes of the game go higher. Like, oh, I can, I can fail at this game. Oh, I can do the story wrong. Yes, I, I can do it yeah, wrong. I, that's the game. Not pick that thing up and combine it with that thing. I think that's the wrong kind of gameplay to merge with this. Yeah, I, yeah the idea of failing one of these games is interesting to me. Um, oh, yeah. like for They example, should do that. A very common occurrence in this is you can lie to characters. And it's mm -hmm. very cool that they'll remember that you mm -hmm. lied to them and they sometimes catch you and realize, oh, you lied to me earlier. But the quote unquote punishment to the player is that they make a snide comment about how you disappointed <laughs> right. them. That's it. Then, yeah. they, then they go on to say or do whatever they were going to do in the scene anyway. Like that does not deviate. There's really um, so I'm like, what if you lied to Colin? And then Colin was like, fuck you. And then he wasn't in the story anymore yeah. and it affected everything like that would be cool. Yeah. There's only like two or three relationships that are significant enough that it that getting a snide look of, affects how you feel about the game. Right. And Colin is one of them. I mean, Snow White's another. Uh, and I would say mm -hmm. that cabal of Grendel, Holly, like like mostly Holly, uh, like those those guys. But the rest of them are able like, to make you feel guilt. Yeah. yeah. The rest of them, it's like I don't. I mean, I don't care about you, Greenleaf. You know, what I mean, like I'm not. I'm not concerned, Beast. I'm not dealing. I'm not worried about you, Beast. I'll burn your tree, or I won't burn your tree. Yeah, exactly. I don't Fuck care. your tree. I don't, I don't care, care about your fate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll I'll huff and puff your whole fucking existence, bro. I'll do it. 
by the way, I just love that they brought back the huffing and puffing thing. Cause yeah. like it's it's like a weird thing from well, the Well the climax you're like, what is he gonna do? What's yeah. the final right. form of Big Bad Wolf? And right. you're like, well, it's blowing. Remember the story? It's blowing and shit. And it's awesome. That's what he does. Yeah, yeah, it's really awesome. Uh it's great. Also, they have like a whole mythology for that built out in fables that I also really mm-hmm. like, but it has nothing to do with this. So just dropping that for those of you who are fables fans. Uh I think it's time, sir, that we uh close the chapter on this and decide sure. do we throw this game down a well? Or keep it alive for the aliens. <laughs> Sound That's good? That's a fable. Are you able to take a quick break? Snag a job is where America goes to hire. With the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, temp to hire, part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbionica is your solution to great-tasting, all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or toxins. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbionica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbionica.com. C-Y-M-B-I-O. TIKA.com. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. It's spring, and with the weather changing and so many great things coming up, like Mother's Day and the wind down tour, I definitely need a fresh spring wardrobe for every occasion. This spring, I'm looking for that perfect, flowy spring dress for Mother's Day, as well as replacing my everyday basics. That's what I love about JCPenney. They have so many stylish and comfortable options that I always find just what I'm looking for there. Spring is a feel good season and comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. The fashion at JCPenney is the same way. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with styles that gets you, something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her, each in women's petite and plus sizes, and Stafford and Mutual Weave for him, style and comfort for all, even big and tall, plus even more for the whole family like Levi's and Exertion. Here, spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count. I wanted you to keep singing that song. 
Do you know that song? Hello, Mabel, are you able to come out today? I don't know. I don't. No, uh, it's like the kind of song you it. would sing at an ice cream social while you ride a bike yes. with a big wheel. Built in. for two. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Hello, exactly. Mabel. Wearing a lot of pin uh, yeah, stripes. So yeah. This is the final bow, uh, mm-hmm. at least for this episode of One Ups. We pass another checkpoint. Yes, we do. And we enter Keep or Delete, where we decide whether the game under review makes it onto a celestial hard drive. Um, which can only hold 100 games, will one day be shown to the aliens from the Spielberg movie AI, and they will judge us based on that. So. Great. How do you want to tackle this? Good question. Iceberg? Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Just any image. I'm just grabbing for any image. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You want to tackle this toucan? Uh, I think I want you to go first this time. Okay, I'll do my little spiel. I'm a little bit unclear, honestly. I don't know for sure what I want to vote on this. Okay. Yeah. Well, something I am going to do is go to our handy-dandy one-ups, keep or delete. Yep. Where you will realize that we did keep uh, Walking Dead, or the Telltale Walking Dead. Oh, you already know this. The Walking Dead season one is on the drive. Yes. Um, I'm... Surely convinced that I, I made that decision based on the powerful, powerful ending of Walking Dead season Absolutely. one. Uh, that's got to be why. Hmm. Oh, although it says overridden. Did we override? I so think is that, I it, said no. And then uh, like at right, first right, right. or something, okay. and we brought it on. Looking at the stats. Harder. Yeah. Initial review of Walking Dead season one. Michael kept Adam deleted. Yeah. Then on... March 22nd of this year, we had an episode where we got to nominate and override prior decisions, and Adam was convinced to override that decision and yeah. put season one of The Walking Dead on here. Easily, by the um, way. Like, in hindsight, it's yeah. like, yeah, yeah, no problem. Well, in hindsight, it's interesting because over the course of this conversation and this most recent playthrough, as I said, I have felt the slight annoyance of wanting like watching your kid do something and they're kind of succeeding, but you're like, go harder, further. You could do better, buddy. Like I, I now have a, my expectation bar is rising for these types of games, yep. especially as we're getting more of them, like uh, true colors and uh, whatever the quarry, et cetera, yeah, other games we mentioned. Yeah, there strange are other, co- what is that one called? Strange, strange life is strange. Days? Life, life is, is strange. strange. Thank yeah. you. My point is other companies telltale used to be it for this. Right. Other companies are throwing their hats into the ring. Right. And I could foresee a day where there's a better visual novel that I would put on the drive. I do think visual novel game is a thing that deserves to be on the drive. Agreed. I'm just talking through my thought process. Sorry. So I'll wrap it up. No, no. So what that, so the decision for me comes down to, is a thing that climaxes in an ending that made you like cry and shut the game down and stare into space and think for an hour. But the rest of the game is like, good. It's good. People live, people die. You fight zombies or whatever. Is that better or worse than a game where you're like, this is executed really well the whole time, but I never reached that same level of emotional high. Really? Am I a thinky or a, or a heart? Am I going to lead with my brain mm-hmm. or my heart? I think. Mm. Oi. I knew it was going to be hard. I, I knew this was hard for you. It's really hard. And yeah. you know what? Because I actually don't think The Walking Dead held up as well. Like season two and three or whatever. Oh, fine. that's interesting. Not as good as one, though. Not no, I've, I, I've played every one of those Walking Dead games so that you know that. As have All I. of them. I, I could be wrong. I've liked this them This could all, be a decision that I disagree with later. But I'll yeah. say this. I think I'm going to land on delete. Oh! The reasons are... 
The reasons are I I mix I'm mm, I might be totally wrong though because Telltale has changed hands. So like for all I know, Wolf Among Us Two will fucking suck. But I am cautiously, optimistically leaving this slot open for Wolf Among Us Two to potentially push the genre further in a way where I go, ah, yes, this is the one I've been waiting for, this one. So, like, I'm not saying that Walking Dead Season 1's better than Wolf Among Us as much as I am, like, I can't change the past. Walking Dead Season 1's on the drive. Let's not consider that. Wolf Among Us, I thought it was good, but I think the genre can go further, and I think we are going to get a better installment in this genre later. Wow. <sighs> wow. But I'm torn up about that decision because that means I'm not letting the past affect me, but I am letting the it, future. This is a hard me. one, man. Yeah, it's a it, much like a noir. It's like there's a lot of ins, a lot yes, of outs. Speaking of Lebowski, but God, I guess I'm gonna delete it. I, I the other thing is I feel safer deleting. Like if I can't decide, delete is safer than a keep, right? I think so too. Uh, I yeah, I think I think it's better to delete than to keep. Uh, because keeping if is really important. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Buddy, you said exactly how I felt about it. Uh, <laughs> okay. Yeah, I, I, uh, I think that's why I made you go first because I wanted to know if, like, I didn't, I didn't want to influence your decision. Uh, but mm-hmm. I, to me, it comes down to, look, this is a video game podcast, uh, and the game experience of Walking Dead is a little better than this. Um, I prefer the story and characters here. I think they're better. Um, I prefer the world here. I think it's better. I think Walking Dead adapts in a more satisfying way for a game. For a game, in fact, you're right. This the format portions are more more fun. They're more fun. Yeah. Um, they're more fun, and also the 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 narrative experience that you're supposed to get from being able to choose your like your choice and response or action. It's better in Walking Dead season one. Um, you know, is Walking Dead overplayed like as a concept? A hundred percent. Do I like the comics as much as Fables? No, but I do like the comics. Um, yeah, they're they're, they're fine. Yeah, they, they, I liked them a lot at first. You know, so like, oh, and I like there's the just show too much too. of it. Like, yeah, the show was also good, yeah. but it didn't need to go that yeah, long. <laughs> agreed. That's how I feel about it. Um, yeah. you know, so it's not. I'm I'm not here to disparage Walking Dead so much as to say like this first iteration of it as an adaptation was a was a home run and this is a really 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 good game and if uh, but i don't think we should have two of them on the drive and i think that mm-hmm. we'd be doing the wrong thing historically if we said that it was better than walking dead season one um so because of that i'm going to delete it with a heavy sigh because i i dramatically prefer this game to that um, that's what's weird is i feel like we're in a, a place where i'm deleting it on a like I'm technically deleting it, but for yeah. the record, I, I do think it. it's a better game. I like it better than yeah. the one we kept. But it's a better story, yeah. not a better game. Uh, it's a better story yeah. and a better world. Right, right, one right. I prefer better, better written story. Yeah, that's true. yeah. That's with all I mean, with characters that are awesome. Uh, so I don't know. Mm. So those of you who are listening to this to either celebrate a game you already love or to discover a game you haven't played that you might love. If you like any of the Telltales at all, if you like any of them, you're going to like this. I think this is a really good game. Yeah. yeah. And you may feel like you guys are fools. This is really just about which is the best story, and you should have kept this because it's the best story. I understand that point of view. That's the one that I was tinkering with in my brain for the last hour before we made this decision. But, uh, again, video games are not only story. 
They're or not even necessarily primarily story, though some are. They're about interactivity and the meaningfulness of choice. And I think the first season of Walking Dead is the the best at that we've seen from this genre. Deleted. Try harder, Big B. You can do it. <laughs> we believe in you. You'll get there, buddy. Yeah. So, um, sorry, buddy. Uh, the ones I haven't played are like I really like a uh, Minecraft story mode. I never played because I'm like, what could that no, possibly not, be? Not interested. <laughs> not interested in that. But um, I heard even the Borderlands one was pretty. It okay. is good. I think Telltale do know what they're doing. It's good. Yeah. The the first Tales from the Borderlands. We're getting a sequel to it in like minutes. But it by depends the way. on the world. Like there was a Guardian of the Galaxy one too. And I tried to play through that, and I just don't care about those characters. So I was like, this is boring to me because I'm not invested in this story generally. I never played um, one that was bad. I've never played one of these And I feel like, how could I invest in Minecraft? How could I invest in characters in the Minecraft universe? Yeah. But maybe I'm wrong. I never played Someone a... write us if, if the fucking Minecraft story mode thing rules. Someone please let me know. I mean, but are you going to play it? If somebody's like, it's the best game ever, bro, you're missing out. Are you going to play it? Then I would. Yeah, right, yeah. Okay. I take advice All like right. that seriously. Great. Yeah. Great. Somebody tell him it's the best game ever so he can see if he wants to play Waste it. his time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just let him blow 20 hours on Minecraft's narrative. Uh, they're all good, that. though, man. Like, even the Batman, the first Batman we that they released, because there's been two, um, even that one was pretty good. Like, it's not as good as a Batman movie, but pretty good, you know? Uh, yeah. So, I don't know. Uh, great genre. It's, a sad, it's sad that this company is not intact in the way that they were when they were releasing these. I love these games. Agree. I want some more true point and clicks on here. We'll get we'll get some someday. You keep shooting them at me, and I'll keep yeah. I'll keep batting them down. We'll have to cover <laughs> Sam and Max hit the road someday. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's yeah. it'll take you like five hours, dude. It's nothing. I, I it's not laziness. I'm I'm, no, I'm willing to put in the work. It's lack here. of interest. It's lack of liking it. <laughs> yeah. Work complete. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. So, should we go electric? I think we should go electrified with Toyota. Electrified? Electrified means options. Yes, we could go all electric with a Toyota BZ4X, but then there are hybrids like Grand Highlander. Or we could do something in between, like a RAV4 plug-in hybrid. So, Toyota is electrified diversified? Yep, and with more options for reducing carbon emissions, the closer we all get to Toyota's Beyond Zero vision for the future. Exactly how much coffee have you had this morning? Oh, oh. 
Learn more about our Beyond Zero vision for the future at toyota.com slash beyondzero. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah, and some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. The weather is getting warmer and it's time to swap my winter layers for fun, vibrant, and cool clothing with so many fun things happening this spring like Mother's Day and the Wind Down Tour. It's hard to find great looking clothes that fit you just right. That's why I love JCPenney. JCPenney has so many stylish and comfortable options for so many different body types. I've been blown away by their selection and everything hugs my body in all the right spots. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with style that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her, each in women's petite and plus sizes. Here, spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count.